0: Welcome to our show, Get Real Local in the Tennessee River Valley. I'm your host, Joe Harper. Every show, we will be talking with local people about the best places and things to do in the Tennessee Valley. Pull up a chair and explore more with us as we get real local.
1: So welcome back to this week's episode of Get Real Local in the Tennessee Valley. This is Julie Graham. I'm sitting in for our host, Joe Harper, who's not able to be with us today. And today we're talking with Shannon O'Quinn, East Tennessee native and senior water resource specialist at Tennessee Valley Authority. Welcome, Shannon.
0: Hey, Julie. It's great to be here today. And I always love to talk about the work that I do with TVA. I I work all over the Tennessee Valley, and my main job is to work with partners, and that's federal, state, and local agencies, to improve water quality and protect aquatic life. You know, the Tennessee Valley is a special place to be because we have over 300 different fish species, and over 100 mussel species have lived here in the past, and that's more than any other river system in North America.
1: I know we love to sometimes call this the Amazon of the North. I know you play a very important role, and we have lots of anglers that come onto our lakes. So I want to talk a little bit with you about how you work on that quality, on the habitat, and specifically what you do to support the fisheries across the entire valley system. I want to let everybody know
0: that I am an avid fisherman. A lot of people laugh at me because I've got two different fishing personalities. I say I'm I'm a bass fisherman, and I'm running up and down the lake 70 miles an hour in a bass boat, and I'm also a trout fisherman, and I like to get out in mountain streams and on our tailwaters fly fishing. So I love to fish since I love being around the water and resources, that's just, given me an opportunity with my job to work with several partners throughout the Tennessee Valley to help improve aquatic habitat not only for the non-game fish the fish that you don't fish for but also the fish that anglers are out there pursuing for example the past several years TVA has been working on repairing Boone Dam. And the water levels were down at Boone Dam. And so while the water was down, we worked with the Tennessee Wildlife Resources Agency, TWRA, to plant vegetation in that drawdown area so it could grow. And then when water came back up, it would create a nursery habitat for the fish after the water comes back up. Uh, We've also been working with TWRA to install what we call reef balls and these are concrete structures. A lot of fishermen may have seen them out on a reservoirs. If you're at Cherokee Dam, at the boat ramp down there, you can see where TWRA placed those reef balls, and they're just more permanent structures for fish and provide spawning areas, places for food to hang out, and so they can have access to food. And that's for all those Region 4 reservoirs in East Tennessee they're aging reservoirs. There's not a whole lot of cover for fish to be in and around, and that's that's the reason we're putting those reef balls in. Uh, the other thing that we're doing is we're working with TWRA on Boone to do a study. You know, we're we're out there monitoring, and specifically on Boone for the next three years, just to see how that fishery recovers. So I'm um, really excited about that. But TBA does a lot of things that people don't realize to help our fisheries. We sample on all of our reservoirs. We look at the fish communities. We collect that data mainly in the fall, and we share that data with all the resource agencies in the Tennessee Valley uh, if they want that data. And, and they use that to help manage those fisheries, but we look at that fish community, we know what's supposed to be there, and if it's not, then we need to try to investigate and see what we need to do to improve that fishery so that's one thing uh, that we do uh, that a lot of people don't realize on the main Tennessee River. we had a program it was um a monitoring program to look at sport fish it's mainly bass crappie and walleye. We did it for several years, and we're starting it back up, mainly on the um, main Tennessee River uh, reservoirs right now. Uh, But we go out in spring when the fish are up shallow, and and we look at the population of those fish that people are out catching, and we share that information with the states, and we share it with the public as well.
1: Real quickly, um, a lot of our listeners unless you live here, might not know what those main reservoirs are on the Tennessee River System stem. And we know the first one starts up in Knoxville and there's nine lakes and dams. Could you maybe name a couple of the big ones that anglers usually think about to let them know those are on that main stem?
0: Most all of our reservoirs have good fishing. Those reservoirs bring in billions of dollars a year. And a lot of that uh, comes from anglers being out on the water and fishing in those reservoirs. Gunnersville is probably the most famous reservoir that we have. We have Chickamauga, which right now is the home of the state record largemouth bass, Pickwick, Kentucky reservoirs are all good reservoirs to fish in, not just for bass. You know, a lot of people come to fish for bass. We attract professional bass fishing tournaments all over. You know, BASS actually ranks out these reservoirs every year, you know, as to which reservoirs across the country are the best reservoirs to fish. And so most of the time, one or two or maybe even three of our reservoirs are on that list. The, the last time they ranked it was in 2021, uh, Pickwick Lake, ranked in the top ten in the nation, but Gunnersville and Chickamauga have been on there in the past, and they're still good fisheries and will continue to be good fisheries. We also have what we call our tributary reservoirs, which are deep reservoirs in mountain areas of East Tennessee, North Carolina. Tim's Ford is also in Middle Tennessee is one of them, but... South Houston, Watauga are really good fisheries. And actually, um, Watauga is on the uh, Bill Dance fishing trail that they just came out with. So Watauga is kind of a hidden gem in the valley because it's not next to an interstate. and It's not right in a main travel corridor. And so you have to make an effort to get there. But, man, there's some huge smallmouth there to catch. And walleye, really good places to go fishing.
1: Well, we know that our bass fishermen love our lakes. We go out to shows every year and get to talk to them and hear them talk about how friendly the folk are, how nice the fishing facilities are, and that the lakes really seem to be well-managed. But we also have some of the best trout fishing in the eastern United States. And those, those natural streams that we find in East Tennessee are native. But TVA plays a big role in not only helping with trout fisheries, but also you have a very unique project over on the Elk River in Middle Tennessee. We just talked a little bit about Tim's Ford, right below Tim's Ford in the tailwaters. So talk a little bit about trout fishing and how you work again with the fisheries and trout. You said you were an avid trout fisherman, yeah. so give away your honey hole.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, now my home tailwater is on South Hoston. Everybody knows about South Hoston. Fishermen come from all over the world to fish the South Hoston. We've got basically a wild brown trout population. I mean, they're spawning in the South Hoston. I want to mention that TVA doesn't necessarily manage these fisheries, TWRA manages, and the other states manage the fisheries. We're just here to support those fisheries, and we partner with them to help make sure those fisheries are in good condition so i love to trout fish some of the famous trout fishing waters tailwaters that is is you know the south Houston, like i just mentioned watauga the clinch is a great fishery i fished the clinch it's been a year ago but you know i had a good day out on the clinch uh last year in october so um i love fishing the clinch as well you know, we have other tailwaters that a lot of people don't realize, you know, below Fontana Dam, below Chattoog and Blue Ridge. Thames Ford, as you just mentioned on the elk, is a good example of a fishery that TVA has to work and manage their operations to support the trout fishery and also the warm water species that live in Thames Ford. There's several threatened endangered species that live in the Elk River below Thames Ford, and we've worked with the Fish and Wildlife Service to try to create an operation where those species that need warm water get that warm water down below our reservoir, plus the area right down below the reservoir, like maybe the first 10 miles, we still operate it for a good trout fishery. I spoke with a trout fishing organization last year, and their home water was on the elk. And they had stories of catching 40 and 50 fish a day some days. So that fishery is, is in very good condition, even though we have to manage it for warm water and cold water species.
1: And I think what's so interesting about it is we usually think of trout fishing in colder places, higher elevations, and to have a river out there literally right between south of Nashville and north of Alabama and that Huntsville area and and Lauderdale County, what a great resource for the folks that live out there. They don't have to travel far. They can go get some great trout fishing locally.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because... Those tailwaters are our fisheries. And so the water coming out of the bottom of the dam, in most cases, is cold enough to support those trout fisheries. And TVA also does a lot of other things to help support or to make sure that those tailwaters stay in good enough condition that the habitat is good enough to support those trout. We have a program called Reservoir Release Improvement Program where we do things to help interject or input uh, oxygen into the tailwater. If you've ever been to South Houston, there's the famous Weir Dam that's there, and the water comes over top of the dam, and as it comes over top of the dam, it captures oxygen you know that that's one of the things but we do other things we have oxygen injection systems above the dams we're we're putting oxygen into what we call the forebay the area right before the dam and then we also have turbine venting which is you know a way for the water to capture oxygen as it goes through our turbines You know, we do a lot of things to make sure that, you know, the water stays, the water's going to be cold. We want to make sure that there's enough oxygen in the water to support the trout. The other thing that we do, and a lot of people don't know about it, is we look at the benthic organisms that live on the bottom of the stream in those tailwaters and we look at those benthic organisms like the mayflies and the stoneflies and the caddisflies, to see how their populations are and shifting throughout time. And we share that with TWRA and other state wildlife agencies. And so we do that. And the thing about those tailwaters, a lot of times those organisms or insects, people like to call them, is the main food source for those trout and the density most of the time is way higher than just in a normal stream now a lot of times you may see the diversity go down you know may may not see the diversity in um, mountain streams that you see there but you would see a lot more food for the trout to be eating so it's a pretty cool thing that you know we're out there collecting this data and sharing this data with the resource agencies that are managing the fishery.
1: Well, that's a group that I also want to talk about that you have a big interest and have been supporting and TVA has been supporting, and that's the River Basin Network. Talk a little bit about the River Basin Network, the work that they do, and how you're measuring impact of that work.
0: Yeah, I mentioned... When we first started talking, the Tennessee River Watershed is a hotspot for aquatic biodiversity. It's a jewel. Uh, A lot of people don't realize it. You know, a lot of people just see and are familiar with the fish that you're out catching with the rod and reel. And um, there's a lot of other... Cool fish out there, and they, they're colorful oranges and reds and greens. And you know, as a matter of fact, a lot of people are getting out and starting to snorkel just like people would bird watch, but they're snorkeling to see these fish because they look like a fish that you'd see, you know, in the tropics. We have this in our backyard, and there's a lot of good things going on throughout the valley to try to help protect the habitat for those uh, fish and mussels. But back in 2014, a group of agencies and organizations got together to support the efforts that are going on uh, in the valley to protect aquatic life. And so this is a, a group of agencies and organizations um Nonprofit organizations like the Nature Conservancy, universities like Tennessee Tech and University of Tennessee, just all kinds of organizations working together to protect the diversity of the valley. And and we did that because there's good things going on in Alabama, good things going on in North Carolina, good things going on in Tennessee, and we want to make sure that we're talking with each other. We want to make sure that we're using the best science. You've heard saying it takes a village to raise a family. Well, it's the same thing with conservation, right? It it takes a bunch of partners to put conservation on the ground, and, and that's what we want to do. We want to bring people together, leverage resources, and see where we can all work together and make a difference and again this is our eighth year that we've had our annual meeting we've had our annual meeting in chattanooga and in alabama and this year we're having it in knoxville we're we're getting together we're we're talking about things that we can do to help you know facilitate conservation in the tennessee river system
1: well, we know that these groups and that group and TVA has been really involved in conservation, but how about for the individual person, that person who's living or playing in the watershed, what singular action could somebody take to help you with protecting the fisheries and, as you said, the whole aquatic biosphere?
0: Yeah, a, a, a lot of people get out and um, pick up trash. That's one of the things that people do, but I tell you, one of the cheapest And most fun things to do is to plant vegetation, mainly trees. And we call that riparian vegetation. And plant trees next to the stream uh, in front of your house, uh, you know, at a community park. We actually have a program with the Tennessee River Basin Network called Shade Your Stream. Uh, we also been working with uh, Main Springs in uh, North Carolina, where we have workshops to help people learn about what kind of trees to plant, how to plant them. But anyway, just just getting vegetation on stream it does a lot of different things. People don't realize it. It reduces erosion. It provides shade to make sure that the stream temperature stays constant. You know, a lot of these species, a lot of these fish, can only tolerate a certain water temperature it provides food the leaves fall in the stream it's organic material that you know creates the food chain or food web in that stream so it does a lot of different things but that's one thing that an individual can do you know on his or her property and make a difference other things that you could do is uh, get involved with your local watershed coalition there's a lot of watershed organizations out there that people can get involved with and if you're a fisherman look into Trout Unlimited. Trout Unlimited is has been around for a long time, and you, know, you can go talk fishing and learn fishing and do conservation work at the same time.
1: Can we put a little plug in for fishermen with their dry wells and their boats? Just in the past few years,
0: a lot of people have seen the introduction of invasive species. The zebra mussel is one of them. The zebra mussel is in the Tennessee River. There's a, um, an algae in our cold water tailwaters called didymo that also coats the stream that has impacts on that benthic life. The zebra mussels, I mean, they cover everything. They cover um, boats and boat docks and native freshwater mussels, and they get into intakes, and, you know, th- there's just a lot of impacts. And, you know, one thing that you could do is when you're out waiting and you're in a place that has didymo, You know, make sure that you rinse your boots and waders off and let them dry. Also, same thing with your boat. Make sure that, you know, you clean your live wells out and make sure that you don't spread zebra mussels. But those are just a few uh, invasive species. You know, I I really don't want to get into it that much, but, you know, there's another invasive species in the Tennessee River that has gotten a lot of attention, which is the silver carp. We just want to make sure that... When we're catching bait, we do not transport bait from one reservoir to another, you know, like shad. Because shad, it's very hard to tell the difference between shad and Asian carp when they're young. And so, you know, we we don't want the spread of that fish on up the Tennessee River system. So, you know, there's things that we can do um, to help protect our fisheries and um, the Tennessee River.
1: So, Shannon, I don't fish. I'm just going to be bluntly honest. Fishing is not my thing. But I get plenty of people that give me call and say, how do I know what the lake level is? Or when can I go below the dam based on generation? For those fishermen that are listening to us today, what is the simplest thing they can do to find out what water levels are on a daily basis and the generation schedule?
0: You know, TVA several years ago developed an app that you can download is called the TVA Lake Information App. And you can download that on your phone, on your computer, you can open it up, select the reservoir or tailwaters that you're going to, and you know, it gives you all kinds of information. It tells you the elevation of the reservoir. It, you know, it lets you know if the water levels have dropped, if they're on an upward trend, if they're generating and releasing in the tailwaters. It gives you all that information, and it's such an easy app to use. I've got it on my phone, and I use it constantly. I'm even using it while I'm out on the water. So a uh, very, very good app to have. I also want to put in a plug, TVA. One of the things that we want to do is promote fishing and other outdoor recreation in and around our reservoirs. We manage about 293,000 acres of land around the reservoirs that people can use. It's open to the public. And we have another resource. It's called the TVA Recreation Map. And you can go on to TVA web page. Download that map. It tells you where access sites are, boat ramps. It tells you where you can find a campground, hiking trails, things like that. So if you're out fishing on a reservoirs and you've got the rest of the family that don't really like to fish, but they like to do other things, you know, that's a good map to see and look at before you go as well.
1: So Shannon, thank you for stopping by today and talking about the role that the TVA plays in protecting the fisheries. I want to thank all of our listeners for joining us today. And if you want to know more about the fisheries in the valley or about this story, visit the website at ExploreTRV.com. And join us next time with more local stories from the valley. Thanks, Shannon.
0: Thank you. A big thank you to our sponsor, Tennessee Valley Authority. Thanks for stopping in to listen today. If you have a great story or want to learn more, follow us on ExploreTRV.com. That's exploretrv.com.